expressing the truth about the church in this world we live in. Welcome to Real Talk Ministry Podcast. This podcast talks about the issues we're facing with the church today and the challenges of balancing our life with Christ in this world we live in. Let's get ready to hear some real talk with our host, Miss Nisi. Thank you and welcome to my Real Talk Ministry podcast. I am Miss Nisi, and it is a pleasure to have you listening to me today. I will first like to invite you to my website, www.realtalkministry.com. There you can catch up on all the latest events as we are continuing to do our 2021 Real Talk Ministry events. Uh, August is right around the corner. It will be a good event. You don't want to miss it. Just follow my website for locations and the videos that I will be sharing for this month. I would like to go ahead and get into my topic for this episode, which is called It's Not About You. A lot of times when you see it's not about you and it's connected to being spiritual or something to do with church or religion, the first thing people want to go to is it's not about you. Don't get uplifted. Don't have pride. Uh, It's not your gift that you're using to save souls of yourself. It's not you using your prophetic voice or your anointed speaking or preaching. It's all about God. So make sure you step out of the way and let God do his thing. But in this topic, it is really not that way. A lot, uh, oftentimes we will also hear people say it's not about you to give an example of how you need to separate yourself from the world so you can stay connected with God. It's always about making sure that you move yourself out of the way so God can use you. So the Lord gave me this topic as I was sitting on the job and he basically wanted me to talk about how, you know, sometimes in church we always hear how we need to separate what we're doing in our lives from the worldly things to stay connected to God or to make sure we continue to stay humble and not become uplifted. But what about when God is calling you from doing the way you do church so he can use you a different way in church or for the people he wants you to draw to him. It's not always talked about how the Lord may pick you to say, I don't want you to be a minister this way. I know you've been a Sabbath school teacher, you've been a a Sunday school teacher or a praise team worshiper. Uh, your legacy is here because of your parents and your grandparents. So you automatically think you're called to be in leadership or even be a pastor, or even you've been doing ministry for so many years, but I don't want you to continue to do it that way. I don't even want you to continue to do it the way you've been taught to do it. I want to separate you from the church put in you what I want you to be for me and then have you move forward in that way. At times that can be very hard and complicated because basically what he's saying is, yes, you was raised to believe me, trust me, 
You've been taught to have a connection, a personal connection with me. And now that you have established those things, I don't want you to do some of the things that are really just traditional. It's not me. It's not in the place where I want you to be. I want you to be free and open enough for me to use you in the way that I want you to be used. It's like he set the platform. He set the base to get you started. And now that you have become in a position where you can recognize him, you can learn of him and you can love him and know the, read the Bible and the ins and outs of studying and what you need to do to stay connected with him through faith, through your trials and tribulations. And now you have established the platform of what you need to do in order to be of Christ. What do you do when he decides to U-turn you from what you thought you were going to be in the church or in your church and say, I don't want you to be just that. I want you to do something totally different. I want to give a testimony. I want to say, I like to give disclaimers because there may be someone who know me and I don't want them to think that I'm bashing anyone, but I do believe in telling the truth about me and my experiences. So I will explain this testimony because I don't want any confusion about what I'm trying to say that I felt the Lord want me to say when he gave me, it's not about you. I was told to move to this state. I've never been in that state before. And I told, I tossed and turned for a very long time because I had to move out of my state of Texas to go to this new state. And it was, like I said, never, ever been there before. I had people counseling me. I really thought I was going there for one thing. I thought the Lord was leading me there for one particular thing, only to find out that, no, that wasn't it at all. Um, well, let's just say it didn't happen. So once I got there, I remember I was at a red light. Now, I'm not teaching a Sabbath lesson, but I am a Sabbath keeper. I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath keeper, but I do believe that Friday night and Saturday is one day, and it is the Sabbath. I was taught that, to be honest, I'm just going to be real talk, I was taught that Sunday was wrong. And that you couldn't worship and fellowship on Sunday. Uh, We always, in the state I live in now, we had no problems fellowshipping, worshiping, or anything with Sunday churches. But there were certain restrictions and limitations. It was like, okay, you couldn't pray for us. You couldn't lay hands on us. Um, I've been in churches where you couldn't preach on the Sabbath day. Uh, (laughs) It's all comical now. Uh, You couldn't preach on the Sabbath day because that was the Sabbath day reserved for Sabbath keepers. It was like all you can do with each other is be kind and fellowship, but the fellowship was only so we could draw you into the truth. Because we, in the organization I was raised in, We were right. We had the right information and we're trying to save you. 
and bring you over into the truth. So imagine me going to a state I've never been in before in my whole entire life. And I'm thinking I'm there because I think the Lord was leading me to do one thing. And he's totally transitioning and transforming my whole life. So I was at this red light and the Lord began to talk to me. And he says, I need you to go to a Sunday church. Everything he has told me to do, everything he had said was going to happen, whether it was good and bad, good, good or bad, regardless of the vision and the teaching and the new steps I seen he was doing for me. It was aligning with what I knew the Lord was doing for me and it was common and I could understand it. So I did it. But when he told me this, I immediately start rebuking the devil because I knew that was the devil trying to creep into my life and throw me off and cause confusion. And he told me again, I need you to go to a Sunday church. I was attending a Sabbath church, but it was too far away from where I stayed. I didn't have a car that would uh, provide the transportation to get me back and forth to that church safely. But because of the transition and the journey that he had me on, he needed me to stay connected with the word. And I wasn't in a position where I heard his voice all the time. I followed his lead all the time because he was breaking up a lot of stuff in me that I was so used to doing in the traditional form or that I was taught that it was almost like a struggle back and forth for him to get me to understand that I needed to break up some stuff for him to work in my life and do something new. But this was the ultimate. Telling me that I had to go to a Sunday church was like, I know the devil was working. And at the time, he wasn't telling me to stop going to the stop going to Sabbath churches, or he wasn't even telling me not to believe in the Sabbath. He was just telling me to go to a church on a day. And I rebuked it. Until he told me, blood will be on your hands if you don't do what I say do. You have to follow my lead and direction because there's people out there that I need you to speak to and that I want you to be uh, an example for in regards to uh, blessing them or praying for them or whatever it is that I need you to do. And I want to say this. It wasn't for me to go into the world and I was going to be international and I was going to be this great, great, great minister minister and this great ministry. It wasn't for me to be out in the forefront where everybody can see me. It had nothing at all to do with that. A lot of times I feel people feel like transition and transformation means that now I'm going to be the new face of the pastor that people going to follow. I'm going to be the new person that people going to be like, you are anointed. You can prophesy. You can preach. But it had nothing at all to do with that. It was just a simple situation just to be a voice, just to be a servant, just so he can say, hey, I got you in this area, in this corner, and the way you were going in your life because of how you've been taught, it's not the direction that I want you to go. So it didn't have to come with popularity or fame or 
going to another level to be recognized that, oh, I have gifts or I have visions or I could prophesy or I could preach or I could pray. It had nothing to do with what people in the church label you to say you are success now because we think you can pray. We think you can preach. We think you can prophesy. So you're definitely that it person. And when I went through that, it was scary. It was hard. And I remember him saying that I needed to teach my daughters that the Sabbath was right. And that even though we're going to a church on Sunday, the Sabbath is right, but it was okay to go to church on a Sunday. Now, for those who are listening, you're thinking, Oh my God, what was wrong with that church? Like, what was wrong with those people that they thought Sunday was wrong? Biblically, researching, not making this into a Sabbath school lesson, it is wrong. It's not the day of worship that Christ has established. But it's not wrong to worship on a Sunday. No more than it's wrong to worship on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. A designated day set aside, yes, that's biblical. But the way I was taught was wrong. I was taught that basically nobody can do nothing but the people that I associated with in my church. They were holier than now. Disclaimer. No, everybody didn't feel that way. Tradition of the church that allowed us to think that because we had the truth, we had to draw others into our truth in order for them to accept the truth. But we tried to prevent ourselves from being taken away from the truth. So it was like we can't hang with everybody. But this was the perfect example of when Christ was trying to tell me and teach me that for me to grow in Christ, it had nothing to do with me being prideful, being connected with the world, needing to separate myself from others. It was only him separating me from the acts that and traditions of what the church had taught so that I can be used to not just help church people, but the world. It was a very difficult task. If I could put it in a different way, it would be like if I worship on Sunday and believed in Christmas and believed in Easter and the Lord said, no, I no longer want you to worship uh, Easter or Christmas. I don't want you to have your kids celebrating Christmas. I know you've been doing it all your life. I know your pastor told you that Easter is the day of resurrection. But I'm telling you, no, that's not really the right path to go. You need to flip that, turn it around, and I want you to do something different. Or it could be where you grew up in the church. You were taught that you were a lineage of that church. You know that your great-grandfather, your grandfather, and your dad, they all was uh, pastors. You carry their name. uh, If you didn't carry their name as a son, you 
carry the lineage as a daughter and you're next in line to be that next person to preach and teach and take over the church. And the Lord says, no, that's not really what I want you to do. I don't really want you to be for the people taking over the church. I'd rather just have you sitting behind a computer, maybe doing some YouTube live stream, maybe doing some on Facebook and just talking and teaching instead. When we have been taught how to do something for so long or when people prepare us or we go before God thinking to ourselves, like we don't know the plans of God. We don't know what he has set for us for our whole entire lives. We just live in the moment of what we think we want. And we feel like because the Bible says he will give us the desires of our heart that we already established this plan and this is just a done deal. The point of me going to a Sunday church, I know that was years ago when I had to go through that. And I know it sounds real weird and it sounds harsh, but it wasn't just so I can attend another day. It was for me not to miss opportunities to help me grow because I would have missed opportunities of someone prophesying to me or praying for me or preaching a word that I need to receive or laying hands on me, whatever it may be. And the ending of that testimony was I attended a Sunday church that he told me to attend and the man sung and he preached and he called me out and he prophesied and everything he said was true. I learned in that moment that just because there's an organization and I don't mean my own, I've been to other churches, I've talked to people who've been in other organizations and denominations, and it's pretty much the same when it's based on religion. And I do want to make it clear, like, I haven't been with that organization in so many years. And I don't take away anything that they had did for my life, but there was a lot of things that they did in my life that I felt like was dishonest and manipulative, and I'll get to that later. But it just taught me that I shouldn't look at people for who I think they are based on what I've been taught in my religion. I need to look at them as who God is leading for me to go to or to receive word and help from. Like, no respect to persons. It's almost like he let the dump, let the ass tell the prophet that you can't tell, take another step. What if that prophet was like, no, you're just an ass. You're just a donkey. I'm not listening to you because you're an animal, a dirty, filthy animal, and took that step. He would have died. And I took that in that same scenario, that if I, when he said blood would be on my hands, it's not because I felt like I was going to have millions of followers who was going to eat up my words is because I was just going to be one of the tools, one of the servants that he was going to use. And I had a responsibility and he wanted to use me. And with that responsibility, whether it was just my daughters or you listening right now, I had a responsibility and I had to break up some of these old traditions and some of these old way of thinking in order to move forward. Now, to get to the part where I feel like I was being manipulated, it's because some of traditions that not just in the church I grew up in, but in many churches, it's like, okay, there are things that we are taught we should do to say, 
oh, we're holy if we do this, but it has absolutely nothing to do with Christ. So how can we relate that to still sticking to the episode topic of it's not about you? The way I dress and the way I look, if you put something on it to say, this is what God said you're not supposed to do. And it's clear that that's not what God said. It's not that he wants you to do. Then you made it about yourself. You're basically adding on something that you feel that this is what God wants to present holiness and to say this will keep you saved. When in actuality, that may be what you need to do to be saved. That don't have anything to do with somebody else's personal connection and Holy Ghost filled life with Christ. I'm going to use an example that won't look like I'm nitpicking on anyone's organization. If you tell me, Nisi, um, you have, you can't wear black shoes because if you wear black shoes, um, you're not holy and it can lead to sin. And Jesus wore white sandals. So it's best that you wear white sandals instead of black shoes so you can have holiness and and grow closer to Christ. That's not only a lie, not only are you being manipulative, and you're taking away someone's freedom to do something they can actually do that has nothing to do with Christ. Another example would be, which I heard this from many uh, friends, even of many different organizations, and I'm not picking on organizations or religion, but it just it just goes with the episode and of uh, it not being about you, and that is going to the movies. I never understood why people was just flip about going to the movies. I thought, why we can't go to the movies and we're watching the same movies at home or over a friend's house. And then I was taught, well, because you can't sit in the seat of the scarful. And I'm like, now I'm older, I don't have a car, and I had to ride the bus. How would I know that seat ain't scarful? So I had to learn. I didn't have to go away to learn that. But I had to learn that some things are just people's personal preference. Maybe because that's what they were weak at. Maybe that's where they're not strong. And they feel like, well, if I put Jesus on it, then people won't do it because it may make them weak and may make them not be strong. And what you're really doing is just manipulating the people of God to do something that is something of yourself, but not of Christ. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher, a teacher. I don't care if you just go next door to speak to your neighbor, having a cup of coffee and the religion comes up. If you begin to teach doctrine that's not of Christ, you are a liar. So you're lying, you're being manipulative, and you're taking away someone's freedom. Because if a person feels so compelled, especially new people in Christ, that they can't wear black shoes, even if they really want to, because they feel like their religious life or spiritual connection would be in jeopardy, or to cause someone to believe that that's the way you need to get closer to God. When the Lord starts switching up things in my life and having me see things his way and not the ways that I was taught, it was painful. I felt betrayed by the church that I went to because I felt like there was a lot of things I could have done. And I rebelled 
as a young person because I felt like everything was so strict. And I'm rebelling, trying to do things that wasn't even wrong to do. (laughs) It wasn't even a sin. It wasn't even leading to sin. It was just is. Like, I still go to the movies. I still wear pants. I still wear earrings and makeup. I used to sneak and wear earrings and makeup and try to take the makeup and stuff off before I get home. None of that stuff led to a sinful life. It had nothing to do with my connection with Christ at all. But I felt I was taught I was going to hell if I did these things. And that was a lie. That was a blatant lie. I felt betrayed. I felt like I was being taught something that was so unnecessary that when God tried to fix things and put things in the right perspective for me, it was a struggle. I felt like I was fighting against a spirit coming to overtake my mind and body. And it was just nail polish at the end of the day. It was not something to fight about. Then I had to learn, I had to accept what it is that he was doing for my life because my connection with what I had before wasn't really even there anymore anyway, but it was stopping my growth in Christ. And when I went away, I came back when the preach word came through and I came back to the city um, that I was currently supposed to come back to. It was a spiritual blessing. Like it wasn't like I end up ended it wasn't like I ended up with cars and houses and and all the material things just start flourishing. I came back and I was still like without a job, trying to find a job and but the spiritual portion of my life was on a whole nother level. And he told me if I had did this anywhere else around people who knew me, I would have failed. I would have died in the process. Why would I have died? Because either I would have reverted back thinking this was not God. I would have thought something was wrong or people would have looked at, looked on me thinking, I don't know. You don't know what you're doing. So you, you're betraying God when I'm really learning him for the first time on his level and not on the level where I've been taught by people that this is where you need to be. And that was hard. I always felt like I was deprogramming a lot of things and shutting down a lot of things in my life and separating myself from the church so I wouldn't be like the church, but I could be more like Christ. You know, we always hear sermons about you got to have a personal connection with Jesus. If you as a pastor or a leader or someone who was over someone don't have a personal connection with Jesus to understand your flock and your sheep, you're going to lose people when they start really having personal connections because the way you may be going, they may not be going. And then you'll hear people say, well, they church hopping and and they left the church because they were mad and started their own ministry. That may be true for some situations, but when you're really having that one-on-one personal connection with God, that's not true at all. You're just doing something that you're that that person looking at you is not familiar with, and they wouldn't understand it anyway because it's between you and God. 
I couldn't explain the stuff that was going on. I couldn't explain why the Lord was telling me to, but I was telling me to go certain places and to to do certain things. I couldn't explain it because I was being taught along the way. So I wasn't, I didn't know what was going on myself. So it was like, I can't explain what is being taught to me. I can only teach what I know. So once I knew what it is that he want from me, then I can explain, hey, this is what God was saying. This is why God told me. But when you're in the process, you don't need to worry about telling nobody anything anyway, because that's between you and God and you're in the learning phase. When you go into a classroom, everybody's sitting in that classroom. They're quiet. They're listening to the teacher. They're learning. The only thing they do is ask questions until they know the information. And the way they know the information, they get tested by the information. And once they get tested and they pass that test, they learn more information. So I didn't know a lot what God was saying. All I know is that I was for sure aware of the fact that he was telling me to go. And I was for sure when he told me to do things that I thought, "Mm, no, this ain't right. When he laid it on my heart and the spirit fell on me to do what he said, it wasn't no second guessing. So that's what I did. And it was worth it at the end. When God comes through and start changing things around that you're used to doing in the church, that you told that if you don't do this, you're going to hell, it will scare you when God actually tells you, no, baby, it don't work that way. And a matter of fact, I got some other things for you to do. So I want you to stop doing this and do something else. Even now, there are things that I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm still think. I feel like he is still deprogramming me, deprogramming my mind to say, hey, trust me. Yes, this is something new. Yes, this is something that you're not used to. But I got you. And you're going to be okay. (laughs) At the end of the day, you just want to make sure you're doing the right thing and you're not being fooled. Because, I mean, if people look at the way I keep the Sabbath now compared to the way I was raised, that same organization, that same group of people, they will say I'm on my way to hell. Because I don't do anything like they thought the way I was taught I was supposed to do it. And I can't convince them that this is the Lord telling me to do it this way without them thinking they need to save me and make sure I do it the way I used to do it because or else I'm going to hell. But everybody has to accept the walk that has been given to them. And the only thing I pray is that you accept the walk that is given to you. And the one thing he keeps harping on me to say is that you cannot go and think that because you started from the ground up at this church, whether it's Baptist, Pentecostal, Apostolic, I don't care if it's Mormon, Lutheran, Jewish, it don't matter. It don't matter if it was on a Friday and Sunday, a Friday and a Saturday, a Sunday and a Wednesday that you go to church. You cannot go into uh, your mindset of thinking that I have to do this this way in order to achieve the ministry status level that I need to be in this church. If Christ is telling you, no, I want you to do it differently. 
Can you imagine thinking that I have a live stream of 500,000 people and the Lord tell you, no, but I don't want you to do YouTube anymore. I don't want you to do live stream anymore. I don't even want you on social media. Social media. I just want you to just go to a service. And even if it's just three or four people there, I just want you to teach them. And then I want you to tell them to tell people to come to hear the word. Let's go old school. I don't want you to do it the new school way anymore. A lot of people may not be able to handle that. They may rebuke that and say, that's not of the Lord. Because the Lord said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. And to them, they'll be going backwards. But what if he tell you that? Are you going to say, it's not about me, Lord. It's about you. Be careful. That when you say it's not about me and Lord, I say yes, I say yes to your will and whatever you want me to do. And if you don't do nothing else for me, Lord, you done did enough. Be careful because that's a lie to a lot of people's tongues. People want God to do more. People want the yes to be the yes that's in their favor. And people don't want to give up the accolades that and the accomplishments that they think will take them far or have taken them far. And if they think the Lord is telling them to step away from social media and don't do it no more, they they will think, because, oh, I'm going to get 10,000 more people than I was on social media. Our religious program, Minds, has been taught that whenever we say we're not going to do something for Christ and he tells us not to do it, it's because we're going to get 10 times greater of a blessing. And he could just be telling you not to do it because that's just not what he wants you to do. Period. Are a lot of us have this programmed mind that validation has to come through others in order for us to feel like we have made it or we're accepted or we're real, real good with Christ and our calling is for sure. But it is not about you. And if God comes through and say, I don't want you doing none of that. I got something totally different. Would you do it? I always hear people say, uh, whatever it is you tell me to do, Lord, I'll do it. I say yes to your will. You say yes until that moment hits where you feel like, no, Lord, that's not it. (laughs) I don't want to do that. It's hard saying yes to his will. Don't get it twisted because a lot of things he'll tell you to do or tell you to say to people uh Lord have mercy. He doesn't put you in a situation to harm yourself, but it's it's not it's very we're very much under grace. It's not like it was in the old days. These people were willing to die. We think twice. We start coming up with excuses and begin to justify why maybe this is really really not God. But when it comes to sin and worldly things and going to clubs and cursing and and all those things, listening to certain music, we could say, oh, that's not about me. That that shouldn't be about you if you want to be about Christ. But when Christ tells you to deny yourself and really follow me, like he told the disciples, in this day of times, a lot of people don't really want to do that because it's, it's a hard transition to do. The disciples gave up family and they gave up friends. And sometimes when you go through this process, 
you may lose friends. You may have to step away from family so he can work with you and get you in the place where he wants you to be. And to be honest, you may not lose friends because you want to give them up. They may give you up. Then you have to deal with, man, now I'm by myself. (laughs) What's going on? But it will be all worth it in the end if Christ is telling you to do it. And if you ever listen to any of my podcasts or my teachings, I always say if Christ tells you to do it. Because if you go into something, doing something that is not of God, you will fail. Chaos will come. It will cause you to be in confusion and stay in confusion And you will not have the strength you need to move forward in Christ and be called of him in the way he wants you to call, to be called of him. It may take some time for you to adjust to that new situation and to understand and really accept what it is that he wants for your life if it's difficult. But I always and will always tell you as long as it's Christ, because if it is Christ leading you, no matter what you feel, no matter what anybody do, no matter what you go through, no matter what you see, no matter what you hear, you will have the confidence in him to know that what you did was right and it was good in his eyes, his eyes only. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear any feedback you would like to share. You can always go to my website or my Facebook Or you can leave a message here. It it doesn't even matter. I will be happy to hear from you and hear your responses. But I do pray that you get to a place that when you hear someone say, it's not about you, it's about Christ, that you sincerely think about those words and not just put it in perspective of saying, I don't need to be prideful. But to put it in perspective of also saying, Maybe he wants me to do something differently than what I am already doing. If you feel the call or the pull on your life from him to do so. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I pray you enjoyed it. And I pray that you have a safe rest of your day. And this is Miss Nisi, and God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to share and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications when a new episode is posted. You can also stop by Miss Nisi's website, www.realtalkministry.com. There you can purchase her books, leave a comment, and stay connected with this ministry. Until next time, God bless.